Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amado. Tonight, I'm here with... Nashika Caesar. And coming up over the next 90 minutes. Four of our women were abducted last year. This year, there is another one that a pregnant woman has been held hostage. And the leadership of this country, they are pretending as if they've not heard anything. Protesting against a Sakawa system. A system that only works in the interest of the few against the majority. Demonstrations in three separate regions by citizens rocked the nation on the day Ghanaians are remembering the Osajifo Dr. Kwame Nkrumah. We'll go to all three places and understand what their reason for demonstrating was. Also coming a pregnant woman allegedly kidnapped in Takradi found dozens of miles away in Axim. I had a call from the uh, divisional commander. He said that they are found here. Somewhere in Axim, junior brother is saying that it is her, but she can't talk, she can't do anything. We'll be having a full eyewitness account of that particular story. And later, on eyewitness news, please arrest 12 persons over the violence that was recorded after the announcement of a new DCE for Tripoli. Still 97.3 CTFM for more on this and many other stories on eyewitness news and in business. Secretary General of the After Secretariat, Wam Kelimene, hints of a conclusion on the rules of origin under the agreement. That's in some 50 minutes with Ellen Dapa. Eyewitness News is live across the country on a number of affiliate stations. Across the globe, we're on citynewsroom.com. It's an interactive show, so you can join us on WhatsApp. Let us know what the Nkrumah Day means to you, if that's the biggest headache for you. And if it has to do with the demonstrations today, if you were part, tell us why you took part. 0549-986-996. That's the WhatsApp number. 0549-986-996. Alternatively, go on Twitter and send me a message using at Umaru Sanda or at City973. Remember to add the hashtag City Newsroom to your tweets and the world gets to hear what you think. Let's settle for details of our stories now. And Nashika has the first one. Right, Sander, now a group calling itself the Coalition Against the Leadership of the TUC and Organized Labor are protesting on the streets of, of Tamale over the 4% increment in their base pay. The group says the TUC, led by Dr. Anthony Yaoba, has failed to negotiate properly for workers. Here is the Executive Secretary for the Coalition, Emmanuel Azubila Salam. He's actually on the line. Uh, let's speak to him. Uh, this demonstration, we're told, was... Um organizing the northern regional capital tamale um abdul salam you're welcome to eyewitness news it seems you're taking this your fight against the tuc leadership seriously you seem to be doing a regional tour with your demonstrations um tell us more on why you converged today to demonstrate yeah thank you very much for uh, this opportunity and greetings to all your listeners this evening yes uh, today we demonstrated, we demonstrated massively in Tamale. And in fact, uh, it was so nice to see uh, all government workers coming from all the sectors, the health sector, the teachers, the local and civil workers, 
and other uh, civil servants coming together to demonstrate against the 4% salary increment of 2021 and 7% salary increment of 2022. And all what we are saying is that we cannot just survive with this uh, 4% salary increment and 7%. If you look at uh, the introduction of new taxes early this year, uh, almost seven new taxes, uh, COVID-19 levy, dollar taxes, and what of you name them, and you want to consult that uh, monthly salary, you can realize that we, we, in fact, the people that are very vulnerable now are government sector workers. For instance, if you look at the LADCA, if you buy a bag of cement, it was 32 Ghana cities. Today, the same bag of cement is 50 Ghana cities. That's 34% increment. Reinforcement bar, that we call it, uh, 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 we call it reinforcement bar, that's iron roll. That we used to buy a ton of 3,000 Ghana cities, uh, 3,500 Ghana cities. Today, it is 6,000 Ghana cities. That is 58.3% increment. What it means is that if my landlord increases my rent as a government worker, I cannot use my 4% salary increment to subsidize the, uh, the, the 58% increment of uh, uh, building materials. If I'm putting up my two-bedroom apartment, it means I cannot continue that project. Uh, transport fares have increased by 13%, and my salary is 4%. What it means is that I cannot uh, uh, take transport to work throughout the month with my 4% against the 13%. So all what we are saying is that our leaders, uh, headed by Dr. Anthony Yaoban of CUC and Dr. and, and uh, uh, Bampu Adu of Crossa, who were signatory to accept the 4% salary increment of 2021 and 7% of 2022. And without even knowing the financial projection of next year, 2022, and yet they went ahead to accept 7%. They don't know how much they will increase fuel price next year. They don't know uh, what is contained in next year's budget. And yet they went ahead to even uh, uh, agree 7% for next year. In fact, uh, I don't know the way to use than to say they are fell out or they sold out Ghanaian public sector workers or they went and negotiated into their pockets instead of the pockets of Ghanaian public sector workers. This is the reason why today all uh, government workers across all sectors came together and uh, they, with the support of the police and we demonstrated massively across the streets in Somali and it was marvelous okay. seeing public sector workers expressing their anger against their own union leaders and government who uh, uh, are behaving like, uh, who are insensitive to their plight. What is the procedure in TUC if you are aggrieved with your leadership and you want the leader removed? What are the impeachment processes? And have you activated those impeachment processes? Wouldn't that be better than going on the streets like you're doing? When it comes to the union, most of their activities are so opaque to extend that you even being a member who is a contributor to the union, you don't even have a stay in their election. They, they randomly started, no one even knows how they managed to even get the executive. Before we realized, they said they are going for Congress. And few people will just go and decide that, okay, we have paid so and so as Secretary General. We have paid so and so as this. And these people will now go there and all what they are doing has nothing to do with the interests of workers. If you, we said they should go back for re-election. They said, I'm sorry, for, uh, for uh, a renegotiation. They said they are not going. What is their reason? 
they are telling us that government said they uh, government threatened them with retrenchment. That if they fail to accept retrenchment, then and if they fail to accept the four percent, there will be retrenchment. And we said there is no word like retrenchment in the labor law. What is in the labor law is redundancy. So quickly they they reversed from the retrenchment and said, okay, government threatened them with uh, 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 with redundancy, and they decided to. You choose the with uh, the four percent over redundancy, and we said what is redundancy? Redundancy is a vacuum of position and not a vacuum of a person. For instance, as we speak right now in your studio, if your producer, you have some uh, uh, new technology that you think you don't need the services of your producer, you can produce yourself, and at the same time, you can also be the host, and therefore you don't need the services of your producer. What it means is that her position has become redundant. And therefore, you don't need her service. So we have to pay. That is where the redundancy package comes in. So these people are telling us that government threatened them with redundancy. The same people told us, government said, if uh, they accept the 4%, they will also recruit 1 million workers. And we are saying, so uh, 1 million workers to where? To the same redundant positions? So if uh, uh, you, are you are to lay people off based on redundancy, and you are telling us you recruit one million workers to which position? The same with that. So you can see all the reasons that they are given. It doesn't tally, and it, it doesn't make sense to anybody who <laughs> wants to actually scrutinize their reasons for accepting the four percent. And everything is clear that these people went and negotiated into their own pockets, and not the pockets of the very people who are contributing. Uh, 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 what do you call contributing? Uh, union dues to them every month. So uh, the process to impeach them is solely, uh, uh, is solely the power of the, listen, I think, uh, the executive. And as we speak right now, they are able to even tame all their uh, district and their regional executives, that anybody who coughs about our coalition actions will be even sanctioned. And people are calling and saying, look, I'm happy with what our leader has done. Uh, but for Ado of Crosser uh, 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 and Dr. Anthony Yaba, they unilaterally went and negotiated for this purpose, even without con consulting their own union executives at the original level. At the original level. N not to even talk about those at the district level. You can imagine, you are going to negotiate for me. You will not seek my consent. When you went and came, you will not also tell me that this is what, these are the conditions government is giving us. 4% of judgment or redundancy. And we know redundancy is not even a bad deal. Redundancy also requires another negotiation. You know what happened in Ghana Telecom? When uh, Vodafone came to take over from Ghana Telecom, people who were not part of even, who, people who were not affected by the, uh, uh, the redundancy, listen, uh, voluntarily apply that they want to be part of the redundancy Listen, so uh, they don't want to be, to be they want to take the redundant package and leave the job. What it tells you is that the redundancy that they are talking about is not a bad deal. If you negotiate it well, it's also a very good deal. And Ghana Telecom, I think they multiplied for uh, uh, a worker four month salary. Uh, they added four months salary multiplied by the number of years they work. Like uh, if I if I'm taking three thousand Ghana cities, they will add uh, they will multiply my three thousand Ghana cities by four. That is 12,000 Ghana cities. And they are multiplied by the number of years I've worked in the, uh, the, 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 the service. If it is 20 years, multiplied by 20. And that money is not small money. So if you are telling us government threatening you with redundancy, why didn't we even come out 
to tell workers that government said redundancy of 4%, choose one. I, as Zubila sitting here, I would have been the first person to choose redundancy package over the 4% salary. But they imposed it on us and then accepted. And so we, we, we don't see these people as uh, a democratic leaders. Very well. Who are running this, uh, our union. Thank you so much uh, for speaking to us as Azubila Iman or Abdul Salam. He's executive secretary of the coalition against the leadership of TUC and organized labor. That demonstration happened in Tamale. Where else was there a demonstration today and what was the reason, Ashka? In the western region, hundreds of residents demonstrated in Takwadi to express their displeasure with governance in the country. Speaking to City News at the onset of the demonstration from Takwadi to Second D, leadership of the hashtag Fix the Country and participants called on government to fix the prevailing corruption, unemployment and insecurity in the Second D Takwadi metropolis. You do not have jobs. The youth have nothing. They don't know where they are going. Education is nothing to write home about. Now there is any security issues on the rise. We've sat here. Four ladies, four of our women were abducted last year. This year, there is another one that a pregnant woman has been held hostage. And the leadership of this country, they are pretending as if they've not had anything. Now we are going to give a voice to the Takwadi people, to the Western region people, to the Sekendi people, to the Inche, Asankegwa, Mpoho. This is the youth and people of Ghana protesting against a rotten system, protesting against a false system, protesting against a Sakawa system, a system that only works in the interest of the few against the majority, a system that allows the blatant stealing of our resource, a system that allows the cheating and inequality in our society. And so what you are seeing here today is a manifestation of the boiling anger in the belly of the youth and good people of Ghana. You had the leaders and participants of the Fix the Country demonstration in Sekundi Takwadi. In the eastern region, a group calling itself the Concerned Citizens of Kwewu East today took to the streets in Abetifi to register their displeasure with a stalled Abetifi District Hospital project. The over 200-bed facility which commenced under the Eswal Mahama government when completed will serve as a referral center for all health facilities in the area. Some demonstrators who spoke to City News demand the completion of all stalled hospital projects before the construction of new hospitals by government. It appears, it appears we have to put uh, some pressure on the government so that uh, he sees to wait to complete this. Taxpayers' money cannot be just left like that. You see, if you look at the building materials, I was also told that. Uh, I bothered myself to question them about why the hospital is not completed. And I was told that the, the materials being used is uh, very cheap materials. That is why it is not completed. It would spoil early. But when you go all over Europe, this is what they use to build the houses. The reason being that in the, in the afternoon, when there is heat, the rooms become cool. And in the evening, when there is 
the weather is cold, the rooms uh, become uh, warm. So, I mean, that is the best, the best material for uh, for this uh, for, the, for for building the hospitals or for building houses now. I will build my house with this same material because of the insulation. If you have been in the country for two years now, and in Europe, I know this is what we use to build our houses. So I don't understand why this should be a low-cost material or whatever it is. The, the excuse is, to a lane man, it is even not, there's no common sense in it. So what are you seeking from government? We're seeking from government to come and see to complete the hospital. Before he tackles 111 hospitals, he should see to it that the, the, the first ones are completed. And that point whereby uh, it is not a matter of NPP, NDC, or CPP, or whatever party it is. The point is that if you are a political party who comes into power, and the, your, your, your four parties we're doing something. Come and see to complete it. But our, our money cannot be seen just wasted like this. And that is, what my, that is my concern. And that is why I am, I am here demonstrating with them. You had there the concerns of some residents of Kwewu Abetifi. The convener of the group, Godwin Intelmo, who spoke to City News, says the group wants the contractor to return to the site within the next 18 months. We had uh, this this hospital for the past six years ago, and up to date, they haven't co completed uh, the hospital for us. And uh, they keep on promising and failing and promising and failing. And we are tired of them because we close, we don't do much politics, right? So anything they say, we, we don't even care. I can even give you one example like um, we have uh, the 3K, the Kumawu, Konongo, and Kwa water project 12 years ago, up to date. We haven't had our own. But now we are talking about the hospital, right? It's health. We are talking, it's a health matter. So once it's a health matter, we need to come in. As a consensus citizen of COVID, we need to come in and tell the government that we are, we are even fed up with them, with their promises, right? When it's getting nearer to voting time, they will come tell us something. Oh, we are going to do it. After the voting, then they're gone. So, so uh, after the demonstration, what next? Our next uh, action will be, uh, we are giving them a time, at least uh, 18 months. Initially, the hospital is supposed to complete within uh, 18 months. 2015 to 2016, 2016, uh, 17th December, the, uh, the hospital must be completed. But now we are in 2021 and September now. So we are, from today, we are giving them uh, another 18 months for them to complete it. If they don't complete it, when it's voting time, we are not going to vote. We are going to tell our people nobody should come out to vote because we vote for development. We vote, that's the main reason why we vote. So if the, uh, we vote and you are not doing what we deserve, that was the convener of the concerned citizens of Kwewu East, Godwin and Tiamwa. We'll now go for a quick break. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News.
You're welcome back. Now let's do some more stories. And a nine-month pregnant woman, Josephine Pinyin Mensa, who went missing last week in Takwadi, has been found in Axim in the western region. Brother-in-law of 28-year-old Josephine Pinyin Mensa, Emmanuel Atokla, confirmed this to City News. Madam Mensa, who reportedly went missing after going for a routine walk last Thursday, is currently unable to speak. She, however, is able to communicate by way of writing. The family, however, says she lost the baby. I had a call from the uh, divisional commander. He said that they are found here somewhere in Axim. So we have sent our brother, I was last born, and then I think when I called my senior brother, he has confirmed that uh, my junior brother is saying that it is her, but she can't talk, she can't do anything. So now that uh, my senior brother and the husband are going, but the commander also told me that the police are on their way to Axim. As a family, how do you feel uh, with this information coming in? So uh, we are happy. For me, I'm very happy. I'm very happy. If, if only one day go and then it is indeed a hair, we will be grateful to God. Be grateful to God. First of all, we want to give thanks to God for His faithfulness, His kindness, and loving mercies towards the Simons family and the Mensa's family um, for what He has done for us um, at this moment. Um, actually, I was um, I went to training this morning, and around 11, I had a call from um, the district commander um, telling me that. Um, my brother's wife or my cousin's wife has been found so um it was a, a kind of a shock to me but all this while we have been hoping that the lord is going to open um, heavens for us to see her so then uh, when it, it was a, a bit shocked but uh, it was okay for me and so I, I had to call in my senior brother to find out um, where he is if he also have heard the news and then he also confirmed that so they have sent someone to the place to you know look for her or check out if it is true that she is the one and later i got the information that she is the one so we give god the praise and honor for what he has done for our family in what state or in what condition was she found and where is she right now how is she coping okay um the one who called said that um they found her close to a jehovah witness church building where she was sitting down and crying at Azim. At Azim. So um, it was a carpenter guy who found her, and then um, they at first they thought uh, maybe she was someone who is mad or something like that. But later, when they go closer to her, they found out that no, she's okay. But she wasn't able to talk. She was traumatized, and then um, they had to take him to take her to a different place to you know um, talk to her. But she wasn't uh, speaking up, so. She asked the guys to give her a piece of paper and a pen so that she can write something since she cannot be able to, you know, talk, you know. So they did that and then later they found out that she was the one that we were looking for and then they involved the police and other things. Yeah. So where is she now? So right now she's she's at the hospital at Axim right now where the police are also taking care of her security and then the husband my senior brother and the other colleagues are all there you know looking forward for her good health and then maybe they will bring her back so where is the baby okay for what i have heard so far 
um the guys who kidnapped uh, took the baby away yeah went because um according to information it, it means that on the same day that they picked her up she delivered on the same day but they took the baby Emmanuel Atoka is brother-in-law of Josephine Pinion Mensah, who was allegedly kidnapped last week, Thursday. A very bizarre story that was, um, a story that we started broadcasting for you on Thursday, where this particular woman uh, traveled, actually got up to do her routine morning walks. Uh, she disappeared in Takradi, and as you're hearing there, she was found 64 kilometers away in Axim, and uh, you heard the account of the family member there. Kwesi Ejenim uh, is a correspondent in the Western region. He's been following uh, that story. Um, and he actually brought that story to us and he's been following it keenly. And he joins us on the line now. Kwesi, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, which means that uh, we do not know the whereabouts of the baby um, that this woman may have given birth to, like we are told immediately after she was kidnapped has the police in the region said anything well the police i mean off record have actually uh, confirmed that the, the lady is at the hospital now receiving treatment that is azim government hospital but on record uh the regional command says they don't have the clearance because Accra uh, command uh, uh, national office has taken over this case and they are waiting for clearance from them to actually speak to the issue. So we don't have any official confirmation of denial from the regional police command. Uh, but from the family's uh, side, uh, we've spoken to them and they've confirmed that the lady has been found. She was found close to a church at Azim by a carpenter. And uh, she tried to find, she initially thought that the lady wasn't a normal woman. Uh, and um, after some time, uh, she realized that she was okay. But the lady requested for a sheet of paper and then she wrote uh, somebody's name for the person to be called. Uh, luckily for her, she had a relation in Azim. So the person came and identified her as a normal person. And then from there, they took her to the police station. It is upon arriving at the police station, they called in the police. It was upon, upon the arrival of the police that she requested, I mean, she took further, I mean, she wrote further information about uh, the whereabouts of her pregnancy and the baby. And from the family, uh, she delivered on the very day that she was kidnapped. And uh, the, she did not come with the baby because the people who kidnapped her uh, had taken the baby. And so that is the information, little information that we have from the side of the family. So we do not know the whereabouts of the kidnappers as yet. At least the police no. have not told us. Uh, from from every information and the, the, the letter that we have, uh, she was basically uh, found close to it. I think Jehovah Witness Church, that's what the church, uh, the, the family said. Uh, this carpenter, who happens to work close to the Jehovah Witness Church, found her sitting there. How, a so big, how big a deal was this particular case, considering that uh, the Takradi kidnapping case was a really big issue in the past few years? I think, uh, I mean, if, if, if you look at the atmosphere right now, it has basically come to a sort of a I mean, rejuvenator uh, resurrect the, the, the insecurity or the fear people had uh, living within the metropolis and that the, nobody ever thought that if anybody would be kidnapped, it would be a pregnant uh, woman. And that is a fear that is currently, I mean, creeping in within the metropolis. Which means residents are well aware of this issue and are following proceedings, aren't they? 
Yes, I mean everywhere you you, you turn, people are talking about this, and 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 it, I mean, arrived from the morning that this news came in, I mean you see some sense of relief, but people are asking of the whereabouts of the baby, and they they want information. Apparently, what people want is to hear from the police speak. Fine, they've been told that the lady has been found. They've seen pictures of the lady. The family has confirmed that that's the lady, and what they need is further particulars about what actually transpired uh, with this lady, how she ended up in the town. In uh, the East municipality is about uh, two municipalities away from Takwadi, after Hunter West, and then you go to Nzema East. And for her to be found at the capital of the municipality is something that people don't understand. So what the public is waiting for here is to hear the police speak to this issue. And they have to speak as early as possible to address the, the fear people feel. Thank you so much uh, for speaking to us. But before you go, tell us about that demonstration in the region today, the Fix the Country uh, team that came to demonstrate in Takradi. Well, I would say uh, the Fix the Country demonstration was uh, well patronized here in Takradi. And uh, you, you had patrons wearing the, the, the T-shirt uh, with Dr. Kwame Nkrumah's uh, picture in front of it, uh, so it wasn't just a matter of complaining about the, the, the challenges that people are facing, but it was also used to to, to, to make the statement that uh, Nkrumah once lived, he came from the region, uh, and, and, and his leadership as a, pres I mean, as a president of the country is something that this demonstration uh, re-emphasized that that is the kind of leadership uh, they want to see. And uh, they complain about the fact that for close to 30 years, they haven't seen the sort of leadership that was seen under Nkrumah, and they intentionally chose today being his memorial day to, 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 to do this demonstration to re rehash the concerns of I mean, unemployment, the concerns of insecurity, uh, the concerns of corruption that they want the current administration to address. Thank you so much uh, for speaking to us. That's our correspondent, Akwesie J. Nim, reporting from the Western Regional Capital, Takradi. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 uh, CTFM. Let's bring some of the reactions you've been sending through to us uh, here on Eyewitness News. A uh, number of you sending your messages on WhatsApp, others uh, choosing the Twitter route, and uh, you've been responding to the topical issues that we bring bringing here on 97.3 CTFM from our studios in Adabraka in Accra. Let's go on WhatsApp and uh, bring you some of the messages. Before then, let me actually go on uh, Twitter and uh, bring you some of the messages. Habib Bantu says, Nkrumah never dies. Nkrumah was a million years ahead of his contemporaries. Nkrumah, the visionary leader who built factories, schools, hospitals, etc. Long live Nkrumah, long live Ghana. Nkrumah never dies. Gustav uh, says, all issues relating to the tardy pregnant lady's kidnapping uh, do not add up. The police should probe further. Uh, Baba Chairman in Tamale says this is the country guys. Uh, this fix the country guys have uh, lost touch with the reality. According to them, the police um, is doing nothing with regards to the uh, missing pregnant woman. But few days ago, the police updated the entire country with this missing pregnant woman's case. Muhammad Bakojo from Assume says we don't see the need or we don't need a new constitution the 1992 constitution you people say sakawa is your backbone for this uh, demonstration we need some sections to be amended rather but not the change 
of the whole document. Fusini Salifu in Kaswazongo says, To me, the supporters of disappointed MMDC's aspirants have no basis to protest. As for Kaswa, all other aspirants have accepted the president nominees, uh, Madam Anita Love Obo Amisa, and the outgoing MC has promised to support her to succeed. Talking about MMDCs and the opposition, uh, we brought you the story about an opposition in Cherponi in the northeast region yesterday. Uh, the party at the region, um, well, some supporters of the party in the region were not happy with the choice of DCE and chose to go on a vandalism spree. Uh, the police have moved in and arrested two of persons. Let's speak to Sule Sambian. He's the Northeast Regional Secretary of the New Patriotic Party. Mr. Sambian, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Uh, first of all, as a party in the constituency or in the region, um, how did you receive the news of the vandalism by your own party supporters and they were targeting your party property? Well, uh, good evening to you and your cherished listeners. I, I must begin by saying that we condemn the acts of those who were involved in these things. We as a party, we, are not, uh, we cannot encourage this kind of attitude. What is wrong is wrong. So we condemn the actions of those who were involved in these things in no uncertain terms, first of all. And, uh, uh, we got information that following the announcement of uh, a nominee, by the president in Cherponi, Hagia some persons were not satisfied with the, 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 the nomination by the president, and then they went on on a spree. I must I must state on record that I was in Cherponi, but I picked information from uh, some other individuals from Cherponi who indicated that the, the party. Uh, some individuals were not happy about what had happened in Cherponi. And then that was the reason they were protesting. But the point is that we cannot all be happy with the, the, the nomination. We cannot be happy all the time. Not everybody can be happy. In the sense that all the aspirants had their support base. And while they don't pick your, your candidate, uh, the tendency to, to feel sad about it is it's, it's there, yes. But to go on uh, on rioting, I don't think it's something that the party would encourage any day. Okay. Now, these persons who were arrested, are they party supporters? And what do you say to that if they are? I, as I indicated earlier on, I do not know the identity of persons who were arrested. What I know is that four persons alleged to be members of the NPP were arrested. I have not been to Nalergo. I'm far away from the region. As a party, how are you going to approach this issue? As a party, we have our, our own disciplinary uh, measures. Apart from that, I'm sure the law enforcement agencies would also move in and do what they are expected to do. As I indicated earlier on, we don't, we don't encourage this kind of conduct. We can't encourage it. If, if you're not satisfied with the president's nominee, I don't think vandalism is the way to go. Very well. Thank you for speaking to us. Uh, that's the Northeast Regional Secretary of the New Patriotic Party, Sule Sambian, uh, speaking to us there. Now, the New Patriotic Party NPP is asking assembly members of the various metropolitan, municipal and district assemblies across the country to offer their maximum support towards the confirmation of the newly elected metropolitan, municipal and district chief executives. 
The Assembly members are expected to endorse the nominated MMDCs by two-thirds votes to officially confirm the appointment for the positions. Speaking to City News after an engagement with party officials in the Greater Accra region, the Greater Accra Regional the General Secretary of the party, John Buedu, urged the Assembly members to help in the speedy development of the various localities. Assembly members, uh, I believe that they are aware that uh, it's the president that appoints. And whoever is appointed, the earlier they confirm them, the earlier they can go on with their development project. Because if they refuse to confirm them, another person will be appointed. It's the same party and the same president that will appoint. So we we'll plead that all of us work together to ensure that these members of our party and our citizens of our country are confirmed within the shortest possible time. That's John Boydou, his general secretary of the New Patriotic Party. Now, the MPP in the Amasaman constituency also expressed its readiness to support the renomination of Clement Wilkinson as the MCE for Gun West, although his name was not part of the recommended list for nomination by the president. The MP for the area, Kwesi Efrifa Mensa, denied any disagreement between him and the MCE. Listen. And I want to let everybody, the whole Ghana, the whole world knows that I am in total support of the nomination of Honorable Clement Wilkinson by the president. I'm going to work with him hand in hand and support him. And I know he's also going to support me to succeed. I'm going to su su support him to succeed as the municipal, uh, municipality executive of Gawes municipality. And I also know that he's also going to support me to succeed as a member of parliament for Amasama constituency. Together with him, we can move our constituency forward. But let me try use this occasion to clear some misconception. Yesterday, uh, is it eyewitness news? Uh, there was this statement that the uh, newscaster, Omar Sander, and made that I have threatened to resign my position as MP because of the nomination of Honorable Clement Wilkinson. I have never done so. I have never granted interview to any media house whatsoever across the country. So I want uh, City FM, Omar Sander, to retract this statement from his, uh, from his subsequent news. I'm not happy the way he handle the whole thing. I, I haven't granted any interview whatsoever to any media house and I want to confirm again that I am in total support of the president's decision. So that's a member of parliament for Amasama, Akwesi, no Akwesi rather, Efrifa Mensa and uh, since you've heard my name there is just fair to clarify issues. On Point Blank last night I hosted Clement Wilkinson, the MC for Amasama or Gan West uh, who has been renominated and in the course of the interview with him I asked a question bordering on his relationship with the Member of Parliament. Mind you, the Member of Parliament is number one on the list of persons who wrote a petition to the party uh, opposing his nomination. So I put that question to the MC nominee, asking if he was going to have a good working relationship with the Member of Parliament considering that. And I further said that we had heard unconfirmed reports that the Member of Parliament had threatened to resign uh, if uh, Wilkinson was confirmed as the MCE. Now, I added the caveat that we do not have a confirmation of that particular information, although we have heard that he has threatened so. And let me just say, we did not, and I did not say, that the MP has said he will resign uh, if Wilkinson is confirmed as MCE. So for persons who have used that for mischievous purposes, uh, please, the correct information is that it was contained in a question, and it has to do with information we picked up, and not a matter of fact that we reported as a news 
item. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM Broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. Let's move on to some other stories now. The families of the victims of the Jura shootings are demanding access to the report of the Justice Crimson Ministerial Committee. The demand follows the submission of separate right to information request to the Office of the President and the Minister for Interior. More than a month after the submission of the report of the Justice Crimson Ministerial Committee, the findings have not been made public. According to a statement from the families, the delay in publishing the report can obstruct the process of justice for the families. In an interview with City News, media liaison officer for the families, Al-Haji Inusa Mohamed Bawa, outlined other reasons for the filing of the request for publication of the Justice Crimson Committee reports. On the 27th of June, the committee finished, after they finished uh, with, the, with, with the investigation or the inquiry, they presented the report to Ministry of uh, Interior, and then subsequently to the office of the president. The report has not been released, and we had information it will be released next, uh, last week. We waited, nothing of that sort has happened. So we knew, and, and, and later on we were hearing a lot of information about uh, the essence of that report, and some very damning, you understand? So we, 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 we decided to, to seek for a request for access of that report from the Ministry of Interior and also the uh, Office of the President, rather. We have sent it and we have given them uh, up to two weeks for Ministry of Interior to help us. I think it, by law, we need to, to, to have that access. Understand? That's the, the law of the access of information. So we give the, we give them two weeks for, 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 for us to furnish us with, with the, the report. We need a copy so that we could also go through and then we, we, we see what is in the report so that we can also decide uh, what uh, we should do next. That was the media liaison for the families of victims of the Jura shootings, Al-Haji Inusa Mohammed Bawa. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. As part of the stories we are bringing you tonight, there's been a demonstration in the eastern region. Let me just quickly give you um, a recollection. A group calling itself the Consent Citizens of Kweu East took to the streets in Abetifi to register their displeasure with the stalled Abetifi District Hospital Project, the over 200-bed facility which commenced under the s Mahama government, when completed, will serve as a referral center for all health facilities in the area. Some demonstrators who spoke to City News demanded the completion of the stalled hospital projects before the construction of new hospitals by the government. The president's representative in the region is Seth A. Champon. He's the Eastern Regional Minister, and he joins me online. Honorable, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Your people are not happy that you have not fixed A and you're already moving into do B. Thank you very much, Maru. Um, I would have to explain it differently. You will need to understand project deployment. The Abertifi Hospital was part of a package that government took a facility from the Barclays Bank in 2010, 2011, to construct seven district hospitals. Fortunately, some got to almost a completion before the expiration of the first administration of President Mills Mohammed's government.
And subsequently, when President Muhammad took over, the projects were fully not completed till the arrival of His Excellency Nanando Danko Kufado's government. Now, every project has tailored funds for ensuring that the project is completed. And so along the line, knowledge that I have come to inherit provides that there was a cash flow challenge. And so at a point in time, the funds could not complete the entire seven district hospital. And so when this administration took over, they had to repackage and ensure that they complete those who were fully completed and those who were midway and then look for fresh funds to complete the rest. Unfortunately, the Abitifi one fell into that category where government had to raise new funds to get it completed. I have received several calls from our folks from Cold East, and not just the people who went there on demonstration today, our overlords, the Cold through her subjects have all come to my office, the Abitifi the Co-Development Association, everybody has come and I've given his narrative that fortunately we have been able to impress upon the Minister of Health and he has promised that he's gotten a package to come to continue the construction of the 250-bed hospital for Cold East. That is why we are at it this way. I see. Okay, for persons who are listening, the long explanation may be important for official dom, but the reality on the ground is that they do not have the hospital in the condition they expect it to be a 200-bed facility. Do you have an estimate as a government as to when that facility will be completed? As a matter of fact, this is within the supervision of the Ministry of Health. I would not be on your radio to give you timelines on when this is going to be completed. But I can confidently say that I know that by the end of this administration, that hospital should be over, should be completed, because we would want to have it as part and parcel of the legacies of this administration for its completion. Very well. Before you go, the Agenda 111 actually is what triggered this demonstration. The persons who demonstrated said, you are busying yourself trying to do 111 projects when you haven't done one. Uh, in your region, you have so many districts, they are going to be benefiting from this agenda, 111, and you also have a regional hospital maybe. Uh, have you found land for the places that have been earmarked to benefit from this hospital? Has there been any work at all in any of these areas? Oh, most of them had already secured land even before my taking over from my predecessor. And so those are going. Mario, you understand how these construction projects are deployed. They go in phases. Before you even acquire the parcel of land, before you possess it, before it is even awarded to a contractor, for the contractor to also possess the site to work on, it takes time and this travels. This is akin to all project management. But what I would emphasize is that, fortunately for people of Cool East, this government has procured funds to develop another district hospital in Nkwetia next to the capital of Co East, which is already ongoing and it is under construction. And these are some of the things. 
like I told you earlier, it's not just for official job. We need to educate ourselves. Construction for public projects comes under public procurement. And you know that once certain funds are voted for a particular project, we have to go through the due process. If we did not fully get value for what we had produced and we had estimated, we need to find out the various issues. That notwithstanding, the masses, the social people require health care, so we must do everything. That is why I'm saying that I have every confidence and assurance that by the end of the tenure of His Excellency President Nana Akufuadu, we would have completed the Kou East District Hospital. Because oh, yeah. the only district hospital that takes care of the Kou enclave is the Kou Government Hospital at ATBA, supported by the Holy Family Hospital at Nkoko. This one that takes care for the entire of the ridge is the Kou Government Hospital. So this hospital comes with a lot of concerns to me in person and many core people that I know of. So we are very much focused on getting this hospital completed. Very well. Thank you so much uh, for your time. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm that, grateful for your attention. Well. That's Honorable Seth Champon. He's uh, Eastern Regional Minister. This is Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, brought to you by Vodafone, empowered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ellen Dapa. Let's settle for the details. Secretary General of the African Continental Free Trade Area after Secretariat, Wamkelemene, says the issue of rules of origin under the agreement will be concluded on in the next couple of weeks. Rules of origin are crucial and will have a material impact on how African countries companies trade with counterparts across the country. There are thousands of tariff lines and these rules will specify for each whether a product can be categorized as Africa-made and eligible for tariff concessions. Some trade groups like the Ghana Union of Traders Association have raised concerns about this, stating that it will be a major setback in the implementation of AFTA. But Mr. Menes says significant progress has been made on some products and it will be concluded on soon. Well, we, we, are, we have made 80% progress out of almost 8,000 products. We've agreed on 86% of those rules. Uh, we have a little bit of work to do in uh, automobiles, textiles and clothing and sugar. But I believe in the next few weeks when the ministers of trade converge in Accra on the 10th of October, I think we will find a solution. Secretary General of the African Continental Free Trade Area Secretariat, Wam Kelemene. Now, Ghana has been selected as one of three focal countries for the implementation of a new fertilizer dashboard called Visualizing Insights on Fertilizer for African Agriculture. The dashboard seeks to fill key fertilizer information gaps in Ghana by providing data to help policy and investment decisions in the fertilizer subsector of the agri-economy. It, it is also to make up-to-date and comprehensive fertilizer data available to meet the needs of stakeholders. Country lead for gateway development, Raymond Avatim, has been speaking to my colleague Benjamin Aklama ahead of the launch of the platform. 
The new dashboard which is being developed by the Development Gateway DG in collaboration with AfricaFertilizer.org is an initiative of the International Fertilizer Development Center. The platform seeks to ensure the efficient distribution of fertilizer among farmers in Ghana, Kenya and Nigeria. While speaking to City Business News ahead of the launch of the platform on Wednesday, Country Lead for Gateway Development, Mr. Wickham Raymond Avatim, said the goal of the dashboard is to help actors in the fertilizer industry to respond appropriately to changes in the fertilizer value chain. Current use of fertilizer in sub-Saharan Africa is 16 kilograms per hectare, which is way below the Abuja declaration of 50 kg per hectare. And so we saw this as an opportunity to see how we can help governments in Africa to be able to increase the use of fertilizer. Of course, we know when with the low use of fertilizer, um, it affects crop productivity, looking at the annual production and how it depletes the soil nutrients. And once soil nutrients are depleted, it has implications on production and also implication on farmers. Mr. Vatim also noted that current data available on the dashboard shows potential rise in fertilizer prices in coming days. Uh, you will notice that over the years, the international price has always been below the retail market price. And that is because the, the retail market price is always high because... Um, there is always a cost build-up to it, transport costs and other related taxes that would make sure that there is that gap. But this year, what we have noticed is that the international price is gone higher than uh, the open market price. And that is a cause for danger for the country. Country lead of Gateway Development Ghana, Raymond Abatim, ending that report by Benjamin Aklama. Moving on, as part of efforts to improve the business environment and the processes of doing business in the country, the Registrar General's Department has introduced the User Guide on the New Corporate Insolvency and Restructuring Act 2020 Act 1015 to provide businesses and companies in the country with the needed information on the Act. According to the Department, the Act provides a legal regime for the administration of distressed companies in a manner that provides an opportunity for the company to as much as possible regain its health and continue in existence as a going concern. Now speaking at the launch, the Registrar General Jemima Wari explained that the initiative is to, among other things, provide a clearer process for bringing the business of an insolvent company to an end. The Registrar General's this user guide is reader-friendly and this language is easily understood. Remember, it is not a replacement of the CNAP. It's just meant to serve as a tool to aid stakeholders in compliance with CNAP. It's the main legislation for corporate distraction and insolvency in Ghana. The square replaced the body's corporate official regulations act 1963 at 180, which mainly provided a framework for the official liquidation of insolvent companies, but did not make provision for rescue or turnaround of companies going through this case. 
So the purpose of the SIRA is to provide more opportunities for businesses and districts to be rescued. Where the rescue and turnaround option is impossible, the SIRA also provides a clearer process for bringing the business of an insolvent company to an end. That was the Registrar General Jemima Owari speaking there. The Minister of Sanitation and Water Resources, Cecilia Dapa, says she expects the newly sworn-in board of the Ghana Water Company Limited to ensure that it improves the debt situation of the company. Madam Dapa stated that this will go a long way to helping the government attain its water-for-all agenda. The minister was speaking during the swearing-in of the 11-member board of the utility company. She further called on the board to ensure the completion of the various water projects started by the company and an improvement in its general operations. I urge the board to do their work with the vision of government's agenda of water-for-all in mind distinguished appointed board of directors we have a responsibility to keep our eyes on the ball to ensure that the sustainable development goal six is achieved it is worth noting that his excellency the president of the republic in the previous year cut a sword for a number of water projects across the country these are tamale water yendi damango wenchi keta sekendita pradi and sunyani water supply systems as directors of the board i urge you to help the management to meticulously steer the affairs of the company to ensure that all these projects are properly executed for the benefit of the good people of ghana i have confidence in all the members of the board especially my former deputy minister honorable patrick yabwama who now will be chairing the board i have no doubt that he will effectively steer the affairs of the board to enable you achieve the target set i expect a world-class utility company as enshrined in the vision of the company I expect quality and efficient customer service. I expect an urgent in-service delivery. Cecilia Dapa is the Minister of Sanitation and Water Resources. Meanwhile, Chairman of the Board of the Ghana Water Company Limited and Member of Parliament for Okankwe Central Constituency, Patrick Yabuama, stated that they would work to ensure the utility company attains financial independence. A company that has over 4,000 employees with over 90 plants nationwide still depends so much on government to survive. And I believe that uh, we must move the company in a certain direction where they can be able to do a lot of things on the back of their own balance sheet, Honorable Minister. Uh, you rightly said that we need to chart a new path to put the company as a world-class utilities company, like it happens everywhere in the world. And I believe that Ghana Water Company has the capacity, has the resources to be able to uh, move towards that direction. Um, what do Ghanaians want from this company? To be able to provide reliable water supply, quality water supply, and reliable water supply, and to also have some effective communication from the company when uh, challenges arise. It's a company and definitely uh, the company may encounter some challenges. So 
the company must be able to devise very strategic means of communicating to the good people of this country should there be a problem. Chairman of the board of the Ghana Water Company Limited, Patrick Yaobuama, speaking. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News. It was brought to you by Vodafone. Together we can, empowered by your most comprehensive business website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ellen Dapa. Up next is Points Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. It's 22 minutes to 1900 GMT. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou. It's a holiday edition. Kwame Nkrumah Memorial Day. But I'm sad to report to you That the campaign to get the police to truly and really be your friend is failing. Let me read a story for you. Published on the website of our partner station in Tamale, Diamond FM. The story says, please brutalize residents over power theft in Nakpanzu. The story by, ben, by Ken Zori says a team of officers from the Volta River Authority VRA in Tamale led a team of police officers to unleash mayhem on residents of Nakpanzu over alleged power theft. In a video cited by Diamond FM Online, police officers and a team from VRA are seen manhandling some alleged power thieves at their various homes in the area. In the video, some of the officers were seen breaking into a room after noticing the owner of the room was absent. The incident, according to the assemblyman of the area, Al-Hassan Yogudo, occurred on Monday, 20th September 2021, when VRA technicians carried out a disconnection exercise in the community. Confirming the incident to City Diamond News, rather, uh, Mr. Yogudo stated that the police, after brutalizing and arresting the alleged power thieves, also broke into a room and picked away a motorbike belonging to one of the residents. So that continues. The website has also added a video of the brutalization or the brutality that was talked about. I'm going to play it for you. It's a video and I'll try and help you make sense of what I'm playing to you. Listen. Oh God! Oh, please! Forgive me! I never did something! Oh God! Where is who? 
So in this uh, video that we're just playing for you, a team of police uh, officers uh, with their vehicles arrive in that community and they are using horse whips to lash that gentleman uh, you heard crying there. There's another video. I'm going to play that for you as well. Free. 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 You don't pay. You so there again, a young police officer holding a horse whip and lashing a gentleman uh, who was holding a polythene bag, uh, whom they accused of stealing power or using power without paying and you had the altercation there uh, the two persons were put into a police vehicle and they were taken away this incident happened in an area known as nakpanzo in the tamale area mohammed al hassan is a presiding member for the tamale metropolitan assembly uh, in which um, metropolis nakpanzo lies he joins us on the line mr al hassan you're welcome to uh, CTFM. Can you help us understand further that video I just played for my audience? Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Sander, and good evening to your listeners. Uh, in fact, my attention was drawn to this issue uh, yesterday in the afternoon when I was at a funeral and calls were just coming in. So I had to get a space and then respond to some of these calls. And then the calls were all indicating to the fact that staff of VRA Netco had visited the community with police officers who were well armed. And they were torturing people around a community called uh, Nima, from which is very close to Napanzo. And so I could not understand what was actually the problem. So I asked if, because I wasn't too close to the community, so I asked if they could allow me to speak to any of them, either the VRA staff or the police service, to know what actually the problem was. And in fact, about 20, 10, 10 to 20 minutes, the gentleman who called me handed the phone to one of the VRA staff, and he told me that, they had come to do this connection in this community and the residents, especially that very house that they were brutalizing the gentleman, they put up some resistance. And so 
they had to report the case to their management, and management had taken the decision to bring the police to effect that arrest. And I said, okay, so if you are coming to arrest somebody for illegally uh, connecting himself to your service, why then brutalizing people around the community? Because that's the impression I'm getting from the report. And then the gentleman denied it. So when I left the funeral, I had another call from a colleague assemblyman from Lamashagusa, who then also reported to me that he's at the police CID office, basically because of the fact that the VRA in the company of Ghana Police Service had come to his area to even break into somebody's room without the person's presence and took away the person's motorbike and brutalized a very innocent young man who the video you have played is seen lamenting and crying for help. And so then the next call that came was from Banvam. And a similar incident happened there too. The gentleman also called me and narrated a similar incident where they visited their homes, beat anybody they meet in the house, and then they could not understand what was going on. And so the whole of yesterday, I was very engaged somewhere. So later in the night, they sent me this kind of videos. And so I was surprised that VRA, in connection with Ghana Police Service, would take a decision like this and then go to a community, even if there is somebody found to be culpable of stealing power from VRA, you have to unleash the police service on them to beat them with the... You saw the video, the kind of case, pepper spray on these people. Some of them, there's a young gentleman there who just went to visit the sister. And he was, he was caught there because apparently he was the only male person they met in the house. And this, all these people were not scared. And we are living in in 21st century of our Ghana's democracy, where our police service still acts as if we are in some kind of jungle, as if we are under a military dictatorship rule. What kind of Ghana police service are we having? And so I was, I was, I was, I was taken aback when I saw the video. This never will not. You can't even imagine that something of this nature will happen in in Tamale, where. Police officers who, over a long period, we've had a very good working relationship with, as far as the assembly and then the community, the police service is concerned. In fact, we have always been together working to ensure that we collectively fight crime within the metropolis. So, if you have a challenge, is this the way you will go around it? And the worrying part of it that make, is making the whole of Tamale angry is the fact that, Mr. Sander, if you come to Tamale, this is going to be added to the list of activities that you would describe as unprofessional by this police service within the metropolis. You recently, last, just last year, you heard of the Changli issue. Because there was an issue with one gentleman, the whole community was ransacked, brutalized. Everybody's home was ransacked, uh, ransacked, and people's properties were destroyed. Their flat screens, their fridges, everything was destroyed. Because Tamale, we don't have anybody 
we are second class human beings in Ghana. Nobody came to our attention. Nobody came to our help. That matter had died silently. Nobody has talked to us about it. Then they had the guys to go to Tishugu, Togo West community, and did the same thing there. And the funny thing is that when these things happen and you go to the police station, the, the, the kind of impunity, the way the police officers talk, as if we are just not some kind of human beings who deserve some kind of respect as human beings. They talk with some kind of power in them, threatening and make, showing their commitment to even do more whenever they have the opportunity. And these are some of the things they are doing. So the, 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 the anger in the people is justifiable. The anger in the residents of Tamale is justifiable. And our stakeholders, we are much concerned. We are very much concerned with this kind of uh, behavior that is being put up by the police service. Especially with the services or the activities of this SWAT team. I don't know who is, who is leading that SWAT team, but it hasn't been very helpful and professional in the discharge of his work. And whoever is concerned, whoever thinks the peace that we are enjoying in Tamale is good for Mother Ghana, the person should turn his attention to this issue. Our chief, our imams, our religious leaders, our opinion leaders are getting angry over these issues. And everybody, we don't want to get to a situation where community members will now see police service as enemies. Mind you, these, these Ghana police service officers live within our communities. They live with us in our various communities. Ghana police service doesn't have accommodation facilities for their staff at, at their Bangalore. And so they come to live in our communities. So if because of this uniform, you can do this to us, and then you come back in the night to sleep, and I expect that everybody should be full with you. We are not calling for that kind of reprisal attacks, but they should also remember that these are human beings. These are human beings who know their whereabouts. Unfortunately, it seems like nobody cares for the people of Tamale. So they get up, pick one or two issues, and use that to brutalize the people and go back to their barracks. And nobody talks, says anything. But the Gombes have a saying that those who understand that money would know that when you push somebody to the wall, when you push somebody to the wall, the person will have to also find space for himself to breathe. I want to pray and hope that Ghana police doesn't want us to get there. We, the ordinary citizens, never want to go there. But from the look of things, if they don't change their modus operandi, it will not augur well for the, in fact, the peace that we are enjoying within the metropolis and Mother Ghana as a whole. Mr. Lassen, so is it the case yes, that they went to more than one community? As in, they went to more than one house, more than one community? They went to about four different communities. So this video is, there are about three videos of them which test with the incidences as they happen in those communities. 
The first incident happened at Nima from around Nakonzo in my community, which fortunately for them is not captured on video. But I can tell you, people were calling me that they have seized the road within that vicinity and they were beating anybody that they came across, pushing people's backs into the gutter. And then when they left the community, they went to Lamashago staff, went into somebody's room, broke and took his motorbike, went to Lamashago North, which their share boundaries, did the same thing, went to Banvum. In fact, the Banvum case, the, the gentleman they beat up is a driver to one school bus. And so he was coming from work with the bus. He, was, he didn't even know the team was visiting his house. And so when he, he got to the house, then they were parked at the compound. And he entered. So they asked him the whereabouts of the landlord of that house. And he said, he's my dad, but he's not around. And then they said, well, they are going to arrest him for illegal connection. And he said, oh, but he's not around. So if he, there's anything, maybe I can turn in and talk to him. And then the brutality started. He was even begging that he's holding school bus. He was begging that they should give him the opportunity to hand over the keys to somebody. The gentleman who came up forward to take the keys was giving slaps, was giving slaps, heavy slaps. For what? Because he came to pick the keys from the gentleman. He was given slaps, still slaps. This afternoon, whilst I was trying making efforts to get in touch with the metro crime officer. The Bambum people called me that the 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 gentleman who was even slapped, he was there right there when they called me and I even had the opportunity to speak to him. What is going on? What is the what is wrong with our police service? But Mr Larson I am not holding brief for the police, and I condemn, and I believe everybody who sees this video condemn the action. But the claim is that all these people were engaged in illegal connection. Is this something that, as a presiding member, you are aware of, or has a NETCO or GRA, VRA rather, come to complain? in these communities in the past that people are engaging in illegal connection because it seems the team went there with the police. Yes. I, 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 I do admit that in some of our engagement with the company in the past, they had brought to the, to the attention of the assembly that people were engaged in illegal connections. And so we have always had that kind of discussion because whenever there are power crises within the metropolis and we call for quality service, these are some of the issues they also throw back at us. That in as much as we are demanding for quality service, we should also be talking more to our people to do away with the illegal connections. So, so the illegal connection is, is, is a real thing, is, is a reality? We, there, are, there are cases in some communities that you will find one or two houses having those kind of connections. And they always, they, the VRA people, have always and consistently been on these people. They have taken most of them to court. 
they have taken them through law legal processes to get them punished for their activity. And nobody has ever said anything about it. They, they can't count the number of cases that they have taken to court in respect of illegal connection. I don't see why this time around they will want to engage in this kind of brutality, which the law doesn't permit. In fact, the police themselves don't have that power to do what they did. Come on, maybe I stand for correction. Where in our laws that the police can point us to that you go and brutalize people like this because they are they are caught to be uh, they are suspected. They are suspected. They are suspected. Not even confirmed. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you for speaking to us. Um, we have tried the police in the region. They have not responded. Thank you, Alassan, for speaking to us. Uh, that's Mohammed Alhassan. He's a presiding member of the Tamale Metropolitan Assembly. We tried the police in the eastern, um, the northern region. Uh, they have not responded to our call. We tried the police at the national headquarters because we know the agenda of the new IGP, uh, Dr. Dampari. Uh, it is not something he, he would particularly tolerate. We've not got a comment from, from the police service as yet on this issue. We've contacted VRA and NETCO. Uh, they say that they would be responding to the matter or this particular issue later. If you're just joining us, the uh, information or the scene from the uh, Tamale area, uh, an area known as Nakpanzo police personnel, went, we are told, in the company of uh, NETCO, that's a northern electricity uh, company, um, and the Volta River Authority VR officials to brutalize persons who they suspect to have been engaging in illegal power connection or power theft. Uh, let me just play for you that video again uh, so you understand what exactly transpired. Listen. <laughs> So uh, that, that is a video uh, that we're just playing for you, a video that we obtained from Diamond FM, um, which has to do with brutalities um, on citizens in Tamale. Uh, by police personnel. Uh, we'll be following this story closely to see if we can get a response from the police administration. But that would be it for Eyewitness News tonight, the holiday edition, the Kwame Nkrumah Memorial Day edition. My name is Umaru Sanda Amadu. Production by Sixtus Dongulo, Anas Seidu, Beverly London, Zoe Abubedu Ado, and the technical support from Daniels Kwashi. Eyewitness News will be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. Please stay blessed. Good night.
City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-976-732 and get interactive on Facebook City 97.3 FM and Twitter at City 973.